the social distance separating rich and poor, like so many of the other distances that separate us from each other, only entered human experience after the advent of agriculture and the hierarchical civilizations that followed, which is why it's so psychologically difficult to twist your soul into a shape that allows you to ignore starving children standing close enough to smell your curry. You've got to silence the inner voice calling for justice and fairness. But we silence this ancient, insistent voice at great cost to our own psychological well-being. What if most rich assholes are made not born? What if the cold-heartedness so often associated with the upper crust isn't the result of having been raised by a parade of resentful nannies? Too many sailing lessons or repeated caviar overdoses, but the compounded disappointment of being lucky but still feeling unfulfilled. We are told that those with the most toys are winning, that money represents points on the scoreboard of life, but what if that tired story is just another facet of a scam in which we're all getting ripped off? Calling the miserable rich winners, quote-unquote, is like calling everyone who ever wore a military uniform a hero. We are reinforcing the false narrative that generated the mess in the first place. It's true that psychopaths are drawn to lucrative professions, but true psychopaths are rare, even on Wall Street. I'm not saying I'd rather be homeless than wealthy on, or that there's no substantive difference in life satisfaction between the two situations. But I am arguing that being wealthy isn't what it's cracked up to be, not nearly so, and that those who spend their lives chasing wealth that they think will bring them happiness are trapped running on the same wheel as everybody else. A wealthy friend of mine recently told me, quote, you get successful by saying yes, but you need to say no a lot to stay successful, unquote. If you're perceived to be wealthier than those around you, You'll have to say no a lot. You'll be constantly approached with requests, offers, pitches, and pleas, whether you're in a Starbucks in Silicon Valley or the back streets of Calcutta. Refusing sincere requests for help doesn't come naturally to our species. Neuroscientists George Mall, Jordan Grafman, and Frank Kruger of the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke, NINDS, have used functional MRI machines to demonstrate that altruism is deeply embedded in human nature. Their work suggests that the deep satisfaction most people derive from altruistic behavior is not due to a benevolent cultural overlay, but to the evolved architecture of the human brain. When volunteers in their studies placed the interests of others before their own, a primitive part of the brain normally associated with food or sex was activated. When researchers measured vag vagal tone, an indicator of feeling safe and calm, in 74 preschoolers, they found that children who donated tokens to help sick kids had much better readings than those who kept all their tokens for themselves. Jonas Miller, the lead investigator, said that the findings suggested, quote, we might be wired from a young age to derive a sense of safety from providing care for others." Unquote. 
But Miller and his colleagues also found that whatever innate predisposition our species has toward charity is influenced by social cues. Children from wealthier families shared fewer tokens than the children from less well-off families. According to Joshua Green, a Harvard neuroscientist and philosopher, many lines of research suggest that morality arises from basic brain activities. Morality, in Green's view, is not, quote, handed down, unquote, by philosophers and clergy, but handed up, an outgrowth of the brain's basic propensities. When St. Francis of Assisi said that it is in giving that we receive, he wasn't pleading a weak case. He was noting a salient characteristic of our species. Apocalyptic views of human nature are further undercut by research suggesting that the human impulse toward cooperation and other pro-social, pro-social behaviors has roots that reach far into our pre-human past. Quote, Chimpanzees live in rich social environment. They depend on each other, says Felix Warnikin of Harvard University. Quote, it does not require a big society with social norms to elicit a deep-rooted sense that we care about others. Unquote. Franz de Waal and others have demonstrated that our other closest primate cousin bonobos are even more deeply cooperative than chimps. James Rilling uses functional MRI to compare brain structure and function in primates, including humans, with the goal of identifying spe- specific brain spe- specializations and deepening our understanding of human brain evolution. He has concluded that human beings have, quote, emotional biases toward cooperation that can only be overcome with effortful cognitive control. Our default behavior is toward cooperation, not raw self-interest. Researchers working with primates have shown that an ape will go out of her way to give a companion access to food, even if she gets less as a result. When capucan monkeys are offered two different colored tokens, one of which rewards only the recipient, while the other brings a treat to both monkeys, they develop a preference for the prosocial token. DeWall explains, quote, This is not our f- out of fear, because dominant monkeys who have least to fear are in fact the most generous. Unquote. With monkeys, as with humans, Generosity comes together with an expectation of fairness. In experiments, DeWall ran with Sarah Brosnan. Monkeys got a silence, got a slice of cucumber or a grape for doing a task. The monkeys were fine as long as they were getting the same payment, whether it was a high, a grape, or low, a cucumber slice. But when the researchers introduced unequal pay into the experiment, things got tense. Quote, the monkey receiving cucumber contentedly munches on her first slice, yet throws a tantrum after she notices that her companion is getting grapes. Unquote, reported Dewal. Interestingly, just handing out unequal foods, foods doesn't prompt the same kind of response in the primates. The foods need to be given in exchange for some kind of task for the fairness response to be triggered. When Brosnan conducted similar studies with chimpanzees, she observed, quote, second-order fairness, unquote, where even the winners balked 
at the arrangement. Quote, we unexpectedly found that chimpanzees were more likely to refuse high-value grape when the other chimpanzee got a lower grape carrot than when the other chimpanzee also received a grape. Unquote. 